0: Well, it's good to be back, good to be together here today, and uh, Connor and I are happy to be back after our our trip away last week, which I'll share about in a minute, but uh, I'm excited to be able to talk about people that can help you get to heaven today, and uh, it's been uh, an awesome series so far, and before I get started, I wanted to uh, uh, let you know here, for those of you who are visiting, as we've been going through our transition, and, and those members here know and we've been going through our transition here in the IE uh, region in the last like 6 months and uh, yesterday we had a super encouraging uh, meeting with all of our core group leaders from the three different uh sectors there and just a lot of humility and a lot of uh questions and 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 I mean we talked about uh finances for probably 45 minutes and it was it was uncomfortable at times it was very open it was very um much an encouraging time, and I just wanted to kind of let you guys know uh, kind of how we're, we're going forward as a region, if you don't already know, uh, that we're going to be going uh, led by our current team of evangelists and women's ministry leaders, so we're not necessarily having anybody new come in right now. It's it's just us. Uh, so Sergio and Kristen Arguello and Riverside, along with St. uh, uh Myself and Danielle and Jake and Kelsey here in, in uh, Desert Cities, uh, Stuart and Ashley Maines and Samar uh, Alhin in uh, Rancho Cucamonga. So uh, please pray for us. Uh, Sergio and, and myself will be representing to the, the group to the L.A. leadership uh, team, and uh, pr- please pray for us as we go forward. Uh, we had an amazing uh, time with our, our regional financial advisory committee here, and i uh, this is something that I probably usually would share on Wednesday night, but since our Wednesday night attendance isn't always the most ex- we're not packed at the seams on Wednesday night here. I'm telling you on Sunday, okay. So um, we met for about three hours with the financial advisory Committee there yesterday. so we kind of had two back-to-back three- hour times together. So I was inspired by uh, Lewis was one of the six hour uh, meeting people yesterday. <laughs> And uh, we got to discuss, you know, with the LA uh, COO that just the function uh, of the RFAC and just a lot of the nuts and bolts together. And, uh, you know, we're in the process of getting input from inside and outside the region to come up with a, uh, a more concrete plan of how we're going to work in the next, uh, in the first part of 2020. And really the goal is to be financially responsible, to be transparent, and to have a healthy checks and balance for everybody involved. And it it was super encouraging uh, for just, you know, as we're getting that figured out, just figuring out the 2020 budget. um, The non-staff members of the RFAC committee really made all the decisions uh, regarding staff salaries, uh, ministry professional expenses, and our trip to Orlando, uh, the World uh, Discipleship Summit. And uh, part of that was looking at our current situation, including a staff salary freeze for 2020. You know, so we're just trying to uh, go forward and be together and be humble with one another and really uh, overall raise up uh, the non-staff leadership in the region. And I think that was kind of a consensus, uh, re- you know, desire that we really want. We've, you know, had a, a really a step, mainly a staff driven region, and we really want to have a staff and a non-staff driven region. So we're both going forward. We're all going forward together. So. Uh, I just wanted to kind of share that with you. Some of you are interested in that. Some of you don't know what I'm, I'm talking about, and that's okay. But uh, I just want to be uh, as open as we can with you. So why don't we start off with a prayer, and then we'll, uh, we'll get started. Uh, Father, we do thank you so much for this time to be together. Uh, thank you for how much you're guiding us. Thank you for how bright the future looks for the IE region and for the church here, God. We're so excited to work together with so many amazing people and just to see the faith and the honesty and the and the, uh, the, the spirit of the group, God, I'm, I'm so encouraged to be here. There's no place uh, that we'd rather be, God. I pray that in the next few minutes that you use me to encourage us and use your word to inspire us to be better uh, for you, God, to be get, get the encouragement and be the encouragers that we need to be. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well last week we were off, Connor and I were off in Colorado, and here's a picture of that. Uh, we were off on his uh, senior trip. We went hunting there for five days. And uh, actually as it turned out, it's more like we went hiking there for five days. Uh, we saw a number of things, but nothing that we got to take home, so you don't have to ask us. It was a defeat. Okay, it was a defeat. It's been a long time, but we were defeated. But we had an amazing time, and uh, we, we, we got to see some incredible sights here. It's like a, a beautiful creek that we got to walk across every day. And we averaged about 11 miles a day. And every, every day we got to hike up this huge mount, mesa, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, we actually woke up at like 1:45 in the morning. For two of the days, and we actually started hiking at 3 a.m., fully loaded up, and we didn't get to sit down until 6 a.m., so it's like a three-hour hike up and in, and people are like, why would you do that? But uh, it it was a lot of fun, that's why. (laughs) Why? You know, even we were we were smiling about it, and no one would, you know, understand, but it's that kind of encouragement that you get when you do stuff with people that you care about. And we share that with a lot of you in here. But one particular day, we went on a... It was the long day. We went on a 16 miles that day. We got back to the, to the lodge, and we're going to dinner, and we're pretty discouraged. It's after, like, three days of not getting anything, and we... You know, the first couple days, everybody's nice in there, and it was kind of one of those days where it was like, you know what? I don't want to talk to anybody. Don't ask me how it was, and if you ask me how I'm doing, I'm really going to tell you how I'm doing, right? <laughs> so we, we kind of get into there. We're sitting down. We're eating. The nicest lady, Cindy, comes up to us. So how are you doing? She's all happy, and I was like, we're doing terrible. We're discouraged. We're tired, and we are depressed. And she kind of looked at me, and she didn't really know what to say. Uh, she didn't say anything, actually. And uh, the guy from across the room, Al, he says, you know, we all need encouragement every once in a while. And I thought, you know what, we do need encouragement, Al. And uh, so many of the, you know, because we, we knew we had to get up and do it all over again the next day, you know. So it's like uh, there's no rest but sometimes we can do that same thing. We come to church, right? We put the happy face on, and people ask us how we're doing, and we say a few nicey-nice things, but inside we're really struggling. We're discouraged, and and every once in a while it comes out, and it's like, I don't know who the next person is going to be to ask me how I'm doing, but I'm going to really tell them how I'm doing. <laughs> and I want to encourage us to, to be real, to be honest. And, uh, you know, the next day was actually... Uh, we had a great attitude, and, and it was better, but uh, just amazing. This was one of the sunrises that we saw. People that go hunting, if they don't get anything, they show you pictures of sunrises. But uh, it was it was beautiful, a lot of great memories there, and, of course, the best time to be there with my son for five days. That was pretty awesome, and uh, that's really why I love to do it anyway. So we love Appreciate, Appreciate the time there. But we're going to talk about the encourager today. And as Al said, we all need encouragement. Go, Al. It says, as soon as Jesus was baptized in Matthew 3, he, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. And with him, I am well pleased. And now, God was here. It seems like God was encouraging Jesus here. You know, that I love you. I'm pleased with you. You're mine. You know, my personal opinion is that we all need to feel those three things in life. That we belong to God, that we are loved, and that he's happy with us. I believe that's the core of all of our desires. That's what we go searching for. That's what we try to fill ourselves up with, which which is the three things that God told Jesus. And I know that ultimately, I don't know why he said it, He was partly was testifying to who Jesus was in conjunction with John the Baptist, right? Because in the Jewish culture, you had to have two witnesses to be able to prove something. And so you had John the Baptist, and then God just came down himself and said, Hey, this is... My son, this is who he said he was, but I started thinking about it this week and wondering: Did Jesus need the encouragement? Now, think about that for a minute. The, Jesus was perfect; he he did everything. But I think, in he was also fully like us. I believe he needed the encouragement. Yeah. You know when he he. When he went up to the Mount of Transfigurations, he brought his three disciples with him to also be encouraged. You know, when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, he didn't just bring his three guys with him just so they would know that they need to be together. He brought them with him because he really needed them. Because he wanted someone to be with him. He didn't want to be alone. You know, there's... It's amazing to think about Jesus in that way. I've never really thought about it like that. But Jesus encouraged people so much, but he also needed encouragement. You know, he called Peter to follow him and he encouraged him even after he fell. He said, when you have come, you will fall. But once you come back, encourage your brothers. You know, that Jesus believed in him even though he knew he was going to fall short, even though he knew he was going to deny him. And in John 21, when he visits Peter again, he reminds him of his first calling with the miraculous catch of fish. He feeds him breakfast. That's encouraging, right? Get some eggs and pancakes. and I mean, they did it by fish back then, but that's not how we would do it. But a little food is is encouraging. Even Elijah, when he was discouraged, God gave him some food. Had him take a nap and then he woke up and got him going on his way. You know, Jesus sees all of you in a positive, faithful light. He sees that he created you to be in his family, that he's given you gifts. And if we could only see ourselves the way he sees us. I know Peter didn't see it, but Jesus did. You know, Jesus sees the best in you even now. When he got with his disciples, he said, you're going to have trouble in this world, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And when he left for the last time, he said, I am with you even to the end of the age. You're never alone. My spirit's going to be there guiding you that nothing can separate you from the love that I have for you. I found a video that's one of my favorite encouragement videos, short clip that you'll probably recognize
1: You is important. You is smart. You is, is kind. You is, is important. important. Oh, that's so
0: good.
1: <laughs> that's so good.
0: That took 21 seconds, but how encouraged do you think that person would be if that wasn't a movie, if that was real? You're smart, you're kind, and you're, an import, you're important. You know, we have so much to give to one another, and I realize that we can't do it alone. You know, I think sometimes, I, this is probably the biggest thing that I got out of the sermon, I'll just tell you right now so we get right to it. <laughs> sometimes I have the idea when I'm helping people that I always try to point them to Jesus and point them to God's word, right? That's a good thing to do, wouldn't you say I mean, you want people to go to the source of power, not just to the, the reflection of the power or whatever we are. But I realize that in my mind, I feel like to be mature means that all you need is Jesus and God's word. That you can, you can just take the word and just go off and have this prayer time and get in the Bible and you're good and you're strong and you're, 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 you're fired up. Anybody ever felt that way? You know, when someone says, hey, I need you, I need you, I need encouragement, I need you to, you know, help me out here, you know, we can kind of look at that and go, well, that's not really mature, you know, that's, that's, not, really the, that's not really better than the person that goes off and kind of fills themselves up, and what I realize is that it, it isn't just about me and God, that that's not what maturity is, that we actually need each other. That it's not just a, a, something that young people need or young Christians need or emotional people need or, or non-emotional people need. We all need encouragement. Even Jesus. But some, sometimes we, I don't value the fellowship as much as I need to. you know. And I pray that as, as we go through this that you'll see yourself and you'll you know so why do we need encouragement because a lot of us sitting here today are discouraged we have something we have fear that's maybe settled into our hearts and we are frozen in fear maybe we have difficult circumstances or even consequences that have lasted a long time and and it just seems like it's never going to end you know, that we just get up and do the same thing over and over, like Connor and I, you know, 11 miles every day. Just, okay, tomorrow i got to get up and do it again. You know, maybe we even are suffering consequences for even sinful decisions that we made that maybe we feel like we deserve, but it's just taking a long time to get out of. You know, God, how do you, how do you do that? How do you stay encouraged in this Christian life? That's what we're going to learn about today. To read and remember God's promises and claim them as your own. To persevere, not to give up. But God also sends people our way to encourage us. Point number one is encouragers gladly give. And we're going to look at Barnabas today. You may have heard a few sermons on Barnabas in your life, but we're going to talk about him again. And I pray that you today are encouraged and that you see that you have that power to encourage others. In uh, Acts chapter 4, it says, in verse 33, And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all, that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet. It was distributed to anyone as he had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold the field he owned and the, brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Encouragers gladly give. He, he gave what he had. He saw the needs and he took the, his own initiative. You know, it's, it's, it's encouraging when someone in, comes up to you with the purpose of encourage you you. Nobody had to ask them. They're doing it out of their own heart, out of a genuine love, and I believe that's where true encouragement comes from. Out of love and a genuine heart like Barnabas had here. That would be pretty cool on your headstone to be called son or daughter of encouragement. Yeah. That That's a great way to describe a lifetime body of work. Your entire life, son of encouragement. Do I think he got it just from this one Gift no, this was written years later that it it was his whole life that that characterized who he was, and I pray that that can that can describe us as well. I believe Satan tries to downplay the value of you, of your encouragement right. of the, of the the hugs that you give of the words that you share of the, the even the text that you give in so many ways. We can feel like, oh, that's not a big deal. I mean, I just smiled at the person. That doesn't count for anything. Yes, every little thing makes a huge difference. And we're going to highlight a few encouragers in our church today so we can uh, be reminded of people that you guys probably already know. Everyone I'm going to tell you, you're probably already going to say, yeah, I saw that. Uh, but the first one that people mention, actually mentioned by April Rubio, is Sarah Fall. And she shared about Sarah's encouraging spirit that she's always positive and always giving. And that's so true. I mean, she wants to help. She wants to serve. She wants to, you know, her spirit is, uh, she's a light uh, to the world. And that is encouraging. So thank you, Sarah, for encouraging us and being a light in that. Now, I'm going to sidetrack for one second to tell you a short story, but then we're going to get back to Barnabas in just a second, but we're going to talk about Saul, and we all know, right, in the book of Acts that he got knocked off his horse as he was on the way to Damascus to persecute the church, and God appeared to a man named who? Ananias, to go reach out to him, and what did he say? God, I don't think that's the right, I don't think that's a good idea, he's not someone that I really want to encourage right now. You know, God pushes us outside of our comfort zone sometimes, right? To encourage people that might be a little scary or intimidating. And he says to Ananias, he's going to be my instrument to the Gentiles, to kings, and to Israel. And he sent him there and he, he got to heal him. He, he baptized him. Immediately Saul starts preaching and living out his, his new passion. And shortly after that, he got lowered down in a basket to escape people that wanted to kill him. And then he goes to Jerusalem, which is where we're going to pick up the story. But if you picture, here's a guy who left Jerusalem. He's going to go kill Christians. And then I don't know what the time frame was, but maybe two weeks or a month later, that same guy is coming back to Jerusalem, and then he comes into church. You know, I don't know how you would feel about that, but it would be kind of like, OK, let's go. Uh, church dismissed. Let's get out of here. And we're going to that brings me to point number two. Encouragers stand up for you. They stand up for us when no one else is there for you. An Encourager will pick you up. will stand up for you. We're going to see Barnabas doing that in Acts chapter nine. He says, when he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. That's Paul. But they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was really a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and he had spoken to him. And how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. You know, he showed up and everybody's like, I don't know about this guy. I'm not sure he really was baptized for the right reasons. I mean, uh, his studies might not have gone all that well. And then Barnabas stands up for him and gives him a chance even before the apostles. I mean, you imagine he's putting his reputation on the line for this persecutor and murderer turned Christian. You know, he's saying that's okay. He's a good guy now. He's a true brother. He saw their good, even though he saw his saw sin. He still saw the good and he stood up for him, even amongst the leaders. You know, what did it take for Barnabas to do that? It took a lot of courage. Thank you. That's true. It took him to listen intently to Paul's story, to take the time to hear him out. To be convinced, to embrace him and have fellowship with him, and then take the step to introduce him to the church. I mean, that is pretty amazing and convicting. You know, there's been times in our fellowship that I've heard stories like, oh, you don't know who that guy or that girl really is. I mean, I was there when they studied the Bible. I mean, I was there when when they went through this challenge and when they went through this situation. And, you know, I know that you may think that they're okay, but, man, I really know what's, I know really what's going on. And I don't, not in exactly those words, but I've heard those types of stories. I don't know if you have, too. And that's probably what was going on in the Jerusalem church, too. And it took somebody of courage to say, you know what, I want to find out who this person really is. I want to put, he put his own life on the line, really. Because if Paul was an imposter, then he, he would have been arrested. So he was literally willing to die so that Paul would be accepted into the church. You know, that's convicting and inspiring. I pray that we can be those kind of encouragers, that we're willing to put our reputation on the line. That we're willing there to get in with people that maybe others don't have a positive view of. Because God knows that He had the faith that believed that anyone can change, even though they'd never seen that before, they never heard about that. There's no way that he could change, but he, he must have had like a superhuman faith to believe that even Paul can be different. You have to have faith to encourage, to see the best in each other, even when we fall short. When others avoided him, didn't listen. Or or were naysayers? He stepped in the way, you know. And when you, when when I look at Paul at the beginning of his life, I don't think he was much of an encourager. I mean, he sounded like he was a pretty intense guy, and if you crossed him, you were going to get it, man, and he was going to, you know, lay you out for everything you were worth. But when you read the letters that Paul wrote, they're some of the most encouraging things you would ever read. They're, they're flowery, they're expressive, they're encouraging. And it makes me wonder, I wonder if Paul got that from Barnabas. Right. From his lifetime, it just it wore off on him and he was so encouraged that he was able to give that back. Uh, I'm not sure, but I know that as we're around encouraging people, it can rub off on us too. Right. And we can you know pass it on to one another, so to speak. And I pray that we will do that as we stand up for each other. Uh, well this other couple, uh, that I want to share about here, uh, is Rick and Jen Dabney, who, uh, I'm sure are not really wanting me to do this right now. <laughs> but I heard from Jasmine Pinson there and, the, you know, the, they kind of came into the Pinson group as the Coxes were moving and kind of, you know, it was kind of a perfect situation there. But she shared specifically, you know, about Rick going to VJ's basketball games taking them out for dinner. Both of their encouraging words. He said he took VJ shoe shopping and to eat soul food. Yeah. I was like, that sounds pretty good. Sounds good. That they've been reliable, delivering meals to the police stations, you know, manning the dunk tank at the Harvest Festival. And I just was like, wow, that was that's so encouraging. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure that as... Barnabas heard his name in the Bible, saying, "You know, son of encouragement." He felt pretty uncomfortable. He's like, "Ah, I don't know. That's probably not me." And that's probably how the Dabneys feel now. But I just want to thank them for their encouragement in the in the Pinson family group and all that they've done there. And I have to admit, as I was reading that, I was like, I wonder if Jasmine has the gift of encouragement, too, because she was so specific on all these different things. It wasn't just like, yeah, they're a good couple. I mean, it was like very specific. That's how you encourage people when you catch them doing very specific, encouraging things. And it's amazing when you encourage someone, you're also encouraged. You know, I'm sure that, you know, in a weird way, as we're giving, we're also getting. You know, I shared about Sarah before, but April was probably encouraged. Like, yeah, I noticed that she was encouraging. You know, it, it kind of goes both ways. I pray that as we decide to encourage others, that we're not only are we going to love them, but the, the love going to come back uh, in our direction. I believe how God intended. Point number three, encouragers find you or seek you out. Encouragers find you or seek you out. In Acts 11, as we continue with Barnabas and, and Saul, see Barnabas ended up going back to Tarsus again to avoid uh, persecution. So he's back in his hometown. It's, uh, it says, then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. One of our famous passages from one of our Bible studies that we do as you're uh, becoming uh, part of the church here. But Barnabas thought as they were in Antioch, hey, this isn't complete. We need help. I want to go get Saul because he is helpful to me in, in this ministry. He He's going to be, I want him to be a part of this. I want him to, uh, you know, be here and be with us that he wasn't at this time Barnabas was still the bigger influencer than Paul Paul hadn't quite raised up until after the 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 journeys had started but he wasn't worried about that there wasn't it wasn't competitive it was just like hey let I want my friend I want to I want to do this together I want him to be here with me and uh you know if you think about it Paul was back in Tarsus and you know I'm sure he was faithful and everything, but he wasn't exactly living out the dream that God had laid out for him. He said that he was going to be a light to the Gentiles, to kings and to all of Israel. And he was back in his hometown, probably being a good disciple or a good follower of Christ. But he wasn't really living out the dream that God had for him that was going to come later where he was going to go all around the world. You know, sometimes we can be coming to church and we're here all the time, but we're not really living the dream that God has for us. You know, either because we're secret we're quietly discouraged or we're just kinda of grinding it out or we gave up. We had all these great ideas and they didn't really happen and now we're just kind of coming to church and that's a terrible way to live, isn't it? Just kind of drudging through something that's supposed to be fulfilling and glorious and powerful. You know, and yet Paul needed Barnabas to come and get him back going. Whether he was struggling or not, he needed him to get going on the plan that God has for him. That we, we need that. We need each other to keep us focused and to keep us going to achieve what God has planned for each of us. I don't know if you feel stuck today, if you feel like, hey, I'm just going through the motions. You know, I'm reading my Bible, but it's just not really doing it. I'm just I'm praying, but it's kind of just bouncing off the roof. You know, I want to encourage you, if that's where you're at, to, to, to invite people into your life to help you to get through that that there's times that we we can't do it alone. We need other people. But if they if we don't tell them what's going on, there's pretty good chance if you've been around here for a while that they just think, "Oh, you're doing great." Like I don't know that anybody would necessarily go up to Kelly Bolmer and say, "Hey Kelly, I just want to see how you're doing and, you know, make sure that you're encouraged." And why? Cuz she's been in the church forever. But that doesn't mean that Kelly doesn't get discouraged. That she doesn't need encouragement. That she doesn't need someone to get her back on track at different times. Just like all of us. You know, so sometimes we can look at someone and go, Oh, they don't need encouragement. Maybe maybe that's a person that really does need encouragement. Maybe they don't get encouragement because everyone says, Oh, they don't need encouragement. (laughs) So they get nothing. You know, this week I talked to a friend of mine, a minister in our churches, and he just said, you know what, I just feel like I'm getting burnt out. You know, friends had left, and he was all by himself in a certain church, and for a while, and it, he's just like, man, you know, I just, I don't know what it is, I, I'm stuck. And my, I felt my heart really going out, and just like, you know what, you you know, God is doing something Great. In your life, you need other people, but we, we don't often know what that is. Maybe we got to change what we're doing to, to find where God wants us to be. You know, Paul didn't do the same thing his whole life. He made tents for a while. He preached for a while. He went home. He, you know, sometimes we get stuck in a rut and we need other people to call us out into service or to encourage us or to help us to find our gifts. Because I believe when we are living our gifts for God, then we're 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 happy, yeah. we're we're fulfilled, we're, we're we're satisfied. We feel like God is using me, but it's not all of our Christian lives that we feel that, right? But as we get to encourage each other, we can help us to live in that place more and more. Number four, mutual encouragement. Mutual encouragement here. In Acts chapter 11, it says, Now the church in Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius and Cyrene, Manon, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. And my point here is just the mutual encouragement that they were doing God's work together. That God called them out on this amazing adventure together. You know, we are on an amazing adventure together. You never know what God is going to do or how he's going to put, put people into your life or put you in a certain situation to make a difference. And I pray that we have those kind of relationships that, Here, you don't get the flavor that it was just Barnabas encouraging Saul, but it was also Saul encouraging Barnabas. You know, I pray that we have those that we're not takers, but we're also givers. We realize, hey, I need encouragement, but I want to give encouragement, too. And I pray that, you know, as I was going through this lesson, with every point, I was realizing, you know what? I'm not real good at this. It's like I did the vision one two weeks ago and I did this one today and I'm like, wow, I'm not real good at either one of these
1: things.
0: (laughs) But can it be like that as we're talking about encouragement? You're actually getting more discouraged because you're like, well, I don't have this person in my life. You know, who's encouraging me? Do people know what's? you know, we start thinking about all the things that are going on that we need to be encouraged for. And yet God has put us all together to encourage one another as we're real. Don't be like me, you know, where you just walk in and be happy and don't really tell people what's going on. Be like me on the hunting trip on the third day where I said, I'm doing terrible. I'm struggling. I'm depressed. That's the person that's going to get encouragement. You know, when my friend said that to me, man, my heart went out to him. I said, man, I want to encourage you. You know, he was actually the guy who preached the sermon that my mother-in-law came back to Christ and got restored like a few months before she passed. I'm like, dude, you're, you're the hero in my, in my family. But he wasn't feeling that way. You know, we have so many of you that are heroes in each other's lives, but you, maybe you're not feeling that way. Because encouragement is not encouragement until you actually say it or until you write it in the card, or until you put it out there. I mean, you could have all these amazing thoughts about people, and you can leave so grateful, but if you don't share it with them, it doesn't help them. You know, so my encouragement is to to get it out there. Don't just keep it in your mind, but get it out there so that others can benefit. Okay, Point. this is the last one. A disagreeing encourager. This doesn't seem like this is right. If you're encouraged encourager, you're supposed to encourage all the time, right? No. Okay, you knew you knew that, right? That's why I wasn't seen enough sermons to know that with a question mark. <laughs> Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, "Let's go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they're doing." Barnabas went to, wanted to take J- John, also called Mark, with them, but Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work on a previous journey. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus. You know, so they had this disagreement. They wanted to go on this other journey, and they had a disagreement over Barnabas' cousin Mark, and they, they parted ways. Wait a second. You're supposed to be encouraged. You're not encouraging me right now. They had such a sharp dispute that they, that they parted ways, but they continued in God's work. And you start thinking, well, why did they have such a big dispute? Because Barnabas was standing up for someone else now. Mark had failed them on their previous journey. He went home, whether he was homesick or whether he was scared or whether, whatever the needs were. But Barnabas still stood up for him and he was a family member as well, but he separated himself from one of his best friends to encourage his, his family, to encourage Mark. I mean, imagine that could have been a really tough time in their relationship. You know, sometimes we, have, we stand up for one another and we have disagreements in the church. And we don't agree on all the right ways we're going to go or who should lead or who should do what. And yet he, they both stood by God even through disagreements. That's an amazing testimony to both of them. You know, later on in Colossians 4, as Paul was writing, he said to welcome John Mark, Barnabas' cousin. that He seemed to have made peace with this situation. And in 2 Timothy 4, he says, bring Mark with you because he is useful in my ministry. And I'm just kind of thinking about it like, wow, this was a lifetime of encouragement there that could have been ruined if Barnabas would have went with Paul. That if he would have given up on Mark, I, I, as I'm reading uh, Second Timothy with, uh, with Paul, I feel like Paul's in a way saying, you know what, you were right. Mark is a good guy. I didn't think he was at the time. I'm sure he learned a lot about grace there that, how convicting would it have been? And Saint Barnabas is the one who stood up for me in front of the apostles, yeah. but I couldn't stand up for John. It had to be Barnabas standing up for John. I was—he felt like I was like the apostles. I was—I was persecuting John again. I'm sure that was convicting at some point. He says, "You know what? I was wrong. John's a good guy." You know, John ended up being called John Mark, who wrote one of the gospels. Yeah, I'd say he was a pretty good guy. But where do you think John would have been without Barnabas? Would he have written the gospel if he hadn't gone on that trip? Maybe. I doubt it. You know, you never know the people that you pour yourself into and encourage, what they're going to do for God. You never know the difference that you're going to make in someone's life. That they're going to look back and say, you know what? If it wasn't for this person at this time, I wouldn't be where I am. And I know that a lot of you can think of a lot of different situations. That if that person wasn't there at that time, then I wouldn't be here. And I pray that you feel that encouragement and that need and that, that ability, that power in a way. You know, the encouragement encourager gladly gives. He initiates out of his own heart or she initiates out of her own heart. He stands up for us when no one else will. They're there for us in our time of need. They seek us and find us out when we most need it. And they give and receive encouragement from each other. And even sometimes the people that are encouraging to us, they disagree. And that's okay. I pray that as we... we, we take this time to, as we take our communion there that you ask ask God to bring an encourager into your life. You know, I know we're all thinking about that right now. I want one of those. God will put, put somebody in your life when you need it. Also, be an encouragement. Be an answer to prayer to someone else's life. When you're with people, be present. Listen deeply and... And see the good in them. Don't see them for their past sins, but see them for what God wants them to be. Be willing to initiate and spend time with people. Maybe people that you don't often spend time with. Be open about your struggles. It's so inspiring when people are open. It makes it so easy to do it, doesn't it? Oh, you're struggling too. Man, let me tell you what's going on in my life. Be relatable. You know, believe the best in people even when they fall and sometimes the hardest person to believe that in is ourselves. Hold on to God's promises and never give up. No matter what, never, ever, ever give up. The people that make it to heaven aren't going to be the most amazing people, the most talented people, the most... People that you're going to read all about, they're going to be the people that never gave up, that never quit, that, that waited around for the encouragement to come and held on to it when it came. As we take communion here, I want to read Hebrews 4. It says, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who is tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin." Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. That Jesus knows whatever it is that we're going through, that he, was, he suffered when he was tempted, that he feels and knows what your burden feels like. And he ultimately wants us to be able to approach his throne of grace with confidence. It's not a throne of condemnation. It's not a throne of guilt, of shame. It's a throne of grace that we can receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I pray that as we get the encouragement from one another and from Christ that we can give it as well. Let's pray as we take our communion. Uh, Father, we thank you so much for this time to be together. Thank you for the ways that you have and do and always encourage us. God, help us to see you in every situation, to believe the best, to believe that you love us, to believe that you're working the best for us, God. And and I pray that you put the right people in our lives at the right time. God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his sacrifice. And thank you for the blood and the body that he gave for us. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name.
1: Amen.